sounds of the ocean waves lapping against the beach here in Kuruwito village. Kuruwito village is in Kenya's Kilifi County. And I'm here standing on this sandy beach. It's a bit of a windy day. The ocean in front of us. Nice clear blue ocean. And next to me is Dixon Gereza. He is a fisherman here in Kuruwitu village. Now, Dixon, let me start off by asking you, what does the ocean mean to you? Well, to me, ocean means a life. Welcome back to Africa Science Focus, the weekly science and development show from SciDevNet. I'm Halima Athmani. A large part of sub-Saharan Africa depends on the ocean for food and income. The region is a coastal continent with over 30,000 kilometers of coastline and more than 70% of African countries on the coast. This means there are numerous coastal communities in the region. That was Dixon Gereza, a fisherman, co-founder and manager of the Kruwitu Conservation and Welfare Association in Kilifi County, Kenya. He is one of the many people who are highly dependent on the ocean and the resources, including food, that it provides. Our reporter Michael Kaloki spoke to Dixon about how he and his local community interact with the ocean. Dixon, you were telling me that I'm just uh, looking as well, to the distance there. I can see some waves at the where the, that's where the, the coral is. It's about oh maybe I, I don't know uh, one and a half kilometers, two kilometers. And you were telling me that you would swim that distance to go spearfishing. Just just tell me a little bit more about that. Well, uh, that's what you think which you see is a uh, imagine of, of, of uh, a reef. So the other side is the deporters, whereby the bigger fish stays there, uh, the groupers, the snappers, uh, the parrot fish stays in the deeper waters. Uh, so when we venture over the reef, we see uh, we get a good uh, good catch than the, the, the lower waters. When you think about the ocean as well in terms of uh, an environment on its own, yeah. you know, how as a community have you interacted with it over the years, over the centuries? Well, uh, ocean to us has been our life because we have been depending on the ocean since the ages. Fishing, we are fishmongers. Some of the fish we do sell at Mombasa. So we are getting our daily bread from the fishing. Our oceans are under increasing pressure, putting coastal livelihoods and food security under threat. Coastal communities are facing pressure as a result of greenhouse gas emissions and climate change. To find out more about the importance of the ocean for African people, we spoke to Thando Mazomba, a marine and environmental scientist and alumni of Ocean Women, a leadership program under the Department of Oceanography at the University of Cape Town, South Africa. You know, the importance of ocean communities, I'll start with the geographical content. You know, Africa has over 30,000 kilometers of coastline 
Um, and of the 54 countries that we have on the African continent, 38 of them um, are on the coast, which is about over 70%, um, and then excluding the island states. So just by the sheer geography, we are an ocean continent. So for me, the the connection to, to the ocean from the African continent is large and it's huge. Personally, um, I think that for me, it's important to look at the cultural relationship that people have in Africa, as well as the, as the historical injustices. You know, never mind the, the fisheries, the energy, the hydro energy, the oil and gas reserves, tourism that we get a lot of. Um, we have a deep relationship with the ocean culturally from that stems from a huge respect from the ocean. Um, I have a friend here who's a, um, from a generation of the fishing community, and she speaks about how, you know, the, the communities used the ocean for navigation. There are folk tales around the ocean as well, um, around living creatures, gods and goddesses, people in the water, which, you know, maybe aligns to a more of a fear narrative. But then we also have some spiritual guides who draw their essence and draw their connection to their ancestors through the ocean. And, you know, again, I mentioned historical injustices and Africa has a long history, a long tragic history of historical injustices where in South Africa, particularly if I draw my own personal narrative, we had the Group Areas Act in the 1950s, which was a forced removal of coastal communities or communities from their own lands into segregated spaces, into forced spaces. And so for me, as a born free, I was born in 1994, the water for me has always been a place of healing. It's always been a place of finding joy with my community. It's been a place of work for me. I work with the ocean. I work for the ocean. And I really believe as an African continent, this is this can still be the relationship that we have with the ocean, despite all maybe the sadder, more, the more sadder realities that we have. Um, I think that we 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 need to harness the power. We need to harness that power for healing for ourselves and to further our blue economy. Generally, is the current interaction between the communities and the ocean environment sustainable? I'm I'm a realist, so I I, I won't I, I won't um, sugarcoat anything. I don't think the relationship we have with the ocean is sustainable, and I and I speak from that as a, from a global perspective. Generally, as a people, as a global people, we have this out of sight, out of mind mentality that once something, we can't see something, we can't relate to it. It's not in our mind. We don't think about it. We also have the tendency to do this blame game. And I will attribute that tendency towards maybe the more developed North, the, um, the developed countries, because there've been, you know, theories and concepts of um, overpopulation being an issue and stressing our environment, which goes back to my point of, you know, once you damage something, you kind of forget about it and then you move on. And then the people, you call on everyone to work, work on the solution. Whereas if you are part of the issue, you need to take equal responsibility for being part of the solution, right? So but between being out of sight, out of mind and the blame game, and then you, this current definition that we have of success and profit is the economic bottom line. And as so long as we keep this current definition, we will forever exploit our natural resources, our natural marine resources at any cost because we are, we are chasing an economic bottom line. The people who are responsible for the current state of our oceans need to take equal action 
to their injustices. So for me, local communities are hit the hardest. However, they are not the reason that we're facing what we're facing today. Um, and this begs, this, this brings me back to the point of including local, local knowledge, including local experience, because the way that we can replenish some of these stocks, the way that we can replenish and, and, and get back to respecting the ocean so it can continue to provide for us is speaking to local fishermen and speaking to local, local fisherwomen because they know that area better than everybody, than anybody. Um, so it's, it's for me, when I, when I look at the, the current state of our oceans and the current state of our, our climate, it, it's important that the people who are responsible um, for where we are right now take the, the rightful action to rectify that. And that needs to include the local communities. What does the future hold for the oceans around Africa and for the communities around them? I think what it holds is potential, to be honest, to put the potential to harness our power and capabilities um, and to lead from an, from an Afrocentric perspective. You know, I'm, I'm reading a book by Steve Miko, which is right now which, a collection of his essays, and it's titled I Write What I Like. And he was one of the fathers of black consciousness. And one of the things he's mentioned is what does it look like to, to lead from an African perspective and not always to, to integrate. So for me, Michael, really the future for oceans and the African communities and oceans is to harness our perspective. And as I said at the beginning, we are an ocean people. and We can't not be from just from a geographical point of view. Um, and, you know, meeting people like you um, who are working on great platforms, meeting my ocean community again, I, I draw hope and courage um, for the future. I think that our future generations have, have, have a chance because of the work that I've been seeing that's being done. And I really hope the future generations that are currently here right now that are slightly younger than me are also taking up arms in the sense that they are, they are, they are stating what they're unhappy about and they are taking claim of this natural resource that is rightfully theirs. Coastal communities are finding it increasingly hard to rely on the ocean for food and livelihood. So members of coastal communities are devising ways to adopt to the changing ocean situations. We go back to the coastal community to speak with Dixon. He tells us about the impacts of climate change and the rising sea level has on his community and what's being done to counter these impacts. Maybe I could ask you, Dixon, what challenges do you face as a fisherman here in the village? Well, let me come back to the time when uh, I was young. The grandf our grandfathers and fathers used to get good fish, catch. But uh, after finishing uh, uh, my schooling, primary school, I had also to join them for fishing. And the fishing has been so good, but uh, after then there has been some, uh, some challenges. There had been a decline of marine catch, where we as the community would rely on. So for that reason, we had to decide to come up with an idea of conserving our breeding site so that we can get fish in popular number. So uh, as, a, as a community, what have you done uh, to try and deal with the challenges that you're facing? First of all, we have uh, come up with the idea of conserved an area. This will have to make uh, some breeding site and the, the spillover will make the fish now to come back again. And uh, for the conserved area, there were some fishes 
whereby before there were very, very few, like uh, the tiger fish, which is a predator of sea arches. Now, if you, if you see, if you can just move to the conserved area, they are coming up now, there are many. So uh, the seagrass has come back, and even the, even the coral had restarted again. Though we have this uh, big challenge of climate change at Kuruitu, we have come up with an idea now of coral restoration. Also, all this is how to, we can revive our marine ecosystem. Could I ask, Dixon, as a community here, do you feel you are receiving enough support from the authorities, the government, in helping you deal with the challenges that you are facing? Well, uh, we, get, we get support, but uh, it's not really enough support because, uh, like now, we have this conserved area and uh, we rely on the tourism issue to, to pay them. The, the scouts or the, the rangers, we just give them talking, not salary, by, by the way, whereby it looks like a challenge. Like uh, we, were, we are urging the, the government also to have a kit that it can help uh, the scouts or the rangers for their payment and other small to, to facilitate because uh, Kuruitu is a role model in Kenya. So if it's a role model in Kenya, the issues concerning conservation, uh, I would urge uh, different NGOs to support us and also governments to support us too. Your community relies on this ocean. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you foresee in the future for you and your community? Well, uh, since we started this idea, uh, we see the future is coming bright again. The idea of conserving yeah. the area around yeah. where the village is? Yeah. The, the, the idea of conserving this area where the village is, uh, we've noted that uh, it's a breeding site and uh, we are also planning to have um, more, much more area to focus having. That's all from us at Africa Science Focus today. If you want to find out more, head to the SciDevNet website. That's www.scidev.net. Today's show was produced by Alice Hurst with editing by Ogechi Ekanyuanu and reporting by Michael Kaloki. I'm Halima Thmani. Until next time, goodbye. Africa Science Focus is produced by SciDevNet and distributed in association with your local radio station.